0: Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with docchristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy. Okay, good afternoon and welcome to the show Healthy Alternatives. I am excited today to be with Dr. Amir Rashidian. He is a chiropractor and author of the book What is it called again? I know it, the stress proof life. What could it be better? I have too much stress, so I need your book. I read some of it, it's great. You can get it on your website and on Amazon. And I really recommend it to everybody dealing with stress who doesn't. Welcome, I'm happy to have you there.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I've been looking forward to it. And I, 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 I'm I, a big fan of yours myself, Dr. Christine. So thank you very much for the invite and the opportunity.
0: Thanks, Amir. And since we are both doctors, just us calls by the first name, that's just Sounds fine. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about how you grew up, how you ended up becoming a chiropractor and why you are so passionate about helping people overcome stress with the chiropractic way of Helping.
1: Yeah, I was nine years old when I decided I wanted to be a doctor, and and it was because my dad and I were traveling through these uh, remote villages in the in Iran, and uh, this one village. And you know, imagine you've gone back in time. It was very primitive, mud huts. You know, no homes, no power lines, no plumbing, no motorized vehicles, and uh, beautiful scenery. But this and this one village, the woman went into labor. And she was in tremendous amount of pain. Her contractions were erratic. Nobody knew what to do to help her. Finally, a midwife walked over and and knelt down and examined her and stood up and said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. There's no heartbeat. The baby's not alive and this lady's not going to make it. And she actually left. And one by one, the rest of the people who had gathered around her, one by one, they started to leave, and they left her alone to basically say goodbye to her husband, who just collapsed to his knees and started crying, "Uh, why is this happening to us? We were just about to start a family. Well, at the age of nine, I was looking in the eyes of this young woman who was just told she's not going to live another few hours, and I started to have this panic attack where you've seen nine-year-olds cry that my throat was all choked up, my chest felt very tight, and I was trying to catch my breath, and tears were coming down my face. And my dad, who was with me, saw me. He picked me up. He held me. He carried me out of there. He calmed me down, and then the two of us climbed down the mountain. We got in our car to drive home. On the drive home, I said, Dad, I don't want to feel like that ever again. Like what? You know, helpless. Like there's nothing I can do. He said, what are you going to do about it? I decided I was going to be a surgeon. I'll be the best surgeon in the whole world. I'll carry my medical bag with me everywhere I go, and I'll just save lives. Okay. Well, 10 years passed, and I was a student at George Washington University, and I had the uh, you know grades, and I had the plan, and I was going to apply for the early selection program for medical school. I went home for Christmas break, and uh, I noticed my dad had this big, thick, white neck brace on, and uh, he was under the influence of some heavy painkillers. And he was limp and numb from the shoulders down. He couldn't lift his arms to give me a hug. And so we spend my Christmas break, six, seven weeks, going from doctor to doctor, trying to figure out what is wrong with my dad. And every doctor we went to said, you're going to have to go to this other doctor. This is beyond my scope. And finally, we ended up in a neurosurgeon's office. The neurosurgeon looked at my dad and said, you needed surgery yesterday. What are you Uh waiting for? He said, you've got these bone spurs that are growing into your spinal canal, narrowing the canal, pressing on the spinal cord, and, uh, you know, we've got a decompressor. This is not going to end well. And uh, he basically said, we're going to have to slice you open in the back of the neck from the base of the skull all the way down and break and remove the bones in the back of the spine. Then we're going to put rods in with the screws. We're going to fuse your whole neck. You'll never turn your head again. You may not regain function of your hands, but we're hoping you'll have less pain. And by the way, there's a chance you won't survive because you're old. You know, my dad was 70 years old at the time, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. There Mm -hmm. is such a thing as a young 70 and an old 70. Well, he was the old 70. And Mm -hmm. so we decided to get a second and a third opinion. All three neurosurgeons said he needed the surgery in the exact way that first neurosurgeon said. And they said, go get your affairs in order, come back in a week, and we'll operate. But dad and I got in a taxi to go home. And I was sitting in the back of the taxi carrying all the x-rays and MRIs and CTs and medical records and charts. You know, nowadays they come on one little CD, but 25 years ago, that was a heavy stack of stuff. And I was in the back of the taxi. I looked over at my dad. He was cringing because I could tell every bump that taxi hit was sending a lightning bolt of pain through his entire body. And looking in his eyes, I could tell he wishes he was dead. And emotionally, I got transported back to the village where I, where I saw the woman die in her husband's arms and no one could help. And I started to have the same emotions, the same panic and anxiety, tears coming down my face. And Well, this taxi driver looked at the two of us in the rear view mirror and he said, sir, I know you asked me to take home. I just noticed you're in a lot of pain and there's a chiropractor right down the street Would you rather me take you there?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: You know, I was a 19-year-old know-it-all. I thought I could, I knew everything. But, you know, um, uh, and and I firmly believe there's only two ways to get better is drugs and surgery. But my dad knew better. He said, let's try it. I had never been to a chiropractor. So we Mm -hmm. showed up and long story short, this chiropractor took his time and and his office was actually under construction. There There were no chairs or receptionist or anything, but... You know, uh, my dad had this passion. He liked writing. He always had a pad and a pen with him everywhere he we went, and his he enjoyed writing letters, jokes, poems, stories. He couldn't use his arms anymore, but after working with that chiropractor for six weeks, six months, he was able to write again. He was able to use his hands again. He was able to dress himself. Uh, he was able to work. And uh, yeah. dad lived another eighteen years. He lived to be eighty-eight years old. And at eighty-eight, he was actually younger. when he was 70 yeah exercise he'd work out go out the door go visit his friends they were all nursing homes but not my dad he was living a good life enjoying himself he actually lived long enough to stand next to me as my best man when I got married
0: oh isn't that wonderful no that is that is a story that I hear from many chiropractors they have personal experiences how a family member got healed and I myself experienced it I had two slip discs, which I still theoretically have and I couldn't walk for for weeks. And I went to the pain clinic. What do you give you? Codeine, Tylenol 3, right. epidural steroids. And after a few years I got tired of it. And I tried different chiropractors. You have to find the right one. I did exactly. find it and I'm fine now. I don't have to take nothing and my back is mostly good. Wonderful. And so I know. A chiropractor can make a big difference in people's lives, and I'm so happy that you are mentioning that. So the people that listen to that, try it. And if you tried one and had a bad result, try somebody else, and don't just give up.
1: I agree with you 100%. It's exactly right.
0: And I'm so happy. So you ended up becoming a chiropractor instead of using all your knowledge and uh, uh, grades to become a, a famous doctor and <laughs> the surgery going, so you help people the natural way, which is amazing.
1: That's that's right. That's right. And our, our focus isn't always just to feel better, but to actually get stronger. Yeah. And work on longevity and be able to live live an enjoyable life. It's quality of life that matters.
0: Right, and it helps so much to know that there's not just conventional medicine. Yes, it has its place, and you know that, but it also. Is the alternative route or the integrative functional whatever you want to call it It, there is more than just drugs and medicine and and surgery and you know that and I know that and that's part of what we want to do to spread the the news and not being um, radical that's right there's no need to it so let's talk a little bit how did you get interested in stress
1: you know, um, well, I I just I lived through a lot of stress, you know, growing up in Iran. I, I remember the bombings I remember waking up in the middle of the night with the uh, With the air raid sirens and having to go to a bomb shelter and waiting for the bomb to explode before you knew where it was dropped I mean, you could hear the whistle yeah. of the bomb, but you can't tell where it is It's kind of high-pitched and so living through that I I, I had this personal experience with that with that fight-or-flight syndrome of, you know, the heart pounding and the breathing and the and the, the pupils dilated and the cold hands and cold feet. And then coming here, I realized, you know what? A lot of other things, not just bombs, put you into that state. And I saw that in a lot of my patients. And we'd have these consultations with patients where the patient would say, Doc, all my problems are because of stress. If I didn't have stress, I would be healthy. And you know, we know that can't possibly be the case. There's plenty of research that's done on single cell organism like amoeba, where they take away the stress and, and the organism dies. So stress is required for life. It sustains life. So it can't be taken away and it shouldn't be. Right. What we need to do is use our natural abilities to adapt.
0: And to adapt to and pain. to manage the amount of stress in our lives. And exactly. and I agree with that completely because exactly. we need stress to survive. Yes. I like that what you mean? point that. And as a chiropractor, people don't know that often that you're not just a bone cracker, but yes. you are a specialist not just for the bones, but also for the nervous system. And when you adjust somebody, the nerves have their room and they recover and it helps the body to recover from the inside out.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's, it, you know, I, I, I say this jokingly and you know, so, so, so remember it's just a joke, but the best way to reduce all your stress is to leave your family and quit your job.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and what then, then you get bored and what do you do then?
1: Exactly. <laughs> the stress exactly. of
0: doing nothing can be terrible.
1: The things that we love come with stress if you want to uh, enhance your career you need to be willing to accept some stress in your life if you want to grow your family have more children or, or or add more friends to your circle of influence whatever it might be you need to be willing to accept some stress if you want to increase your income you have to be willing to accept some stress in fact how healthy you are is determined directly by how much stress you can handle
0: You can take a risk if you're not willing to accept the stress that comes with it. And sometimes you lose and that's even more stress, but you need to deal with it. So what types of stress are we talking about? I know there's different and you are the expert on that.
1: Well, yes. Th- thank you. Uh, absolutely. I always talk about things as being three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Three dimensions of stress are physical, chemical, and psychological. Most people, unfortunately, only think of the psychological. They say, oh, I'm so stressed out because somebody's bothering me or I'm angry about this or that. But there's physical stress. If we sit all day, um, a sedentary life, tremendous stress on the body. The, and if we're not eating the right foods, uh, so, so anyways, imagine if there's three coins, right? You've got, you've got the physical coin, you've got the chemical coin and you've got the psychological coin. Each coin has two sides. So when you look at the physical, most people think of the physical dimension. Oh, he's just telling me I should exercise more. Well, what's the, on the other side of the coin is rest. Are you yeah. getting enough rest? So you have to balance those two in the chemical dimension. The, the one side of the dimension is Uh, deficiency deficiency meaning you don't you're not taking in the right amounts of foods but the opposite side of that coin when you flip it over is toxicity are you avoiding the toxins so you have to do both and then on the psychological dimension there's good and bad right there's there's are, are you surrounding yourself with good positive things and then are you avoiding things that are gonna wear you down and beat you down and upset you every negative thought has a biochemical response inside the body every thought i mean if 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 our viewers today want to do an experiment all they have to do is close their eyes and imagine the most attractive person standing in front of them and immediately their chemical makeup will change their hormonal makeup will change, everything will change on the other hand they can imagine their worst nightmare coming true and a whole different set of chemicals get released in their body one makes you healthier one makes you sicker one does a good thing one does a bad thing stress is a force
0: yes and we need the balance and i love that idea of the coins uh, that the two sides there's always dark and light there's always two sides and we need the balance between the two i love that image it's beautiful
1: exactly well thank you yeah
0: yeah, and, and I use the image of a cell phone, the three dimensions, uh, the body, okay. mind and spirit, because for the cell phone, you need the uh, hardware, that's a body, and then you need the software, or you can watch your Netflix show, so that's the mind or mental, emotion, uh, feelings, and then right. you have the spiritual side, which for the cell phone is the internet, or you can watch your favorite website, and if you want to be healthy, you have proportion of all these. <laughs> that's wonderful. Love to have fun. So I love the coins. I that, that's cool. I love that. Very good.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean if, if we were to look at stress as just a force um that can cause change in your life, then, hmm. then we wouldn't be so afraid of it. You know even when you
0: get married that is stress. And one of the worst stresses is divorce. That's right. People that's right. get a heart attack just because they get divorced and it's a messy divorce.
1: Oh, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. We can use stress to become stronger. We can use stress to make us weaker and sicker. It's it's like lifting weights. You know, if we go to the gym and exercise, if we do it correctly, the adaptation process is that the body becomes stronger stronger and more resilient. But if we do it incorrectly, we can really do some bad damage and get injured. So it doesn't mean weightlifting is evil, doesn't mean weightlifting is good. It's neutral. It's how you use it. And same with that stress.
0: I love that the way you say One of my favorite answers when I get asked a question is, it depends. And that's exactly what you're saying.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your book. I'm all excited. It's a great book. I mean, The Stress Proof Life. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so, so I, I wanted to create a premise, you know. So the first part is about de- defining that stress, which is a lot of what we just talked about. But then the next section is a lot of people talk about their uh, things that they cannot change, like genetics. They go, well, I was born this way, or, or this is my tendency. But I can tell you that, that um, the only constant about life is change. Everything's always changing.
0: Absolutely. You-
1: Say you're stuck like that. You show me, you know, show me a morning person, and with the right motivation, they'll not be a morning person anymore. And show me someone who's not a morning person, and and then say, hey, you're leaving on vacation tomorrow, but you have to be at the airport by six a.m. They'll get out of bed early and they'll make it to the airport by six a.m. So you Absolutely. can't say you're not a morning person. So. it's it's, it we can change anything and genetics and you know this uh, genetics are are, is is the programming I, I love the cell phone analogy you gave right so we have all these programs on our cell phone we have we have this app for this and an app for that you've got the calendar app you've got the calculator app but they're not running all the time they only run when you click on them so if you don't click on them, they don't run. You know, they found the gene uh, for hangovers. They, we, we, we are genetically predisposed to have a hangover, right? But you don't have a hangover right now, and I don't have a hangover. No. But we both have the gene for the hangover. We only get the hangover when we drink too much. So let's say someone comes and does genetic testing on me and says, Amir, you have, a, you have the gene for cancer. And I go, that's fine. That means I have an app. On my program that can turn into cancer you know what i'm not going to run that app
0: that, i uh, love that i love that that's so cool you can even uninstall it
1: <laughs> that's right that's right you can you can you can barely
0: disable you inst-
1: <laughs> yeah you're exactly right yeah so, yeah so then then once once we know that what stress is which is on the outside and then we know what the programming of the body is, which is our genetic code and, and all the different programs in our body, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all in there. Then there's a, there's a communication between the two. How does the inside perceive what's on the outside? And that's what you mentioned earlier, which is the nervous system. The nervous system is the master system in charge of all the functions of the body. So your nerves bring information from the outside to the inside. The body will process it. The brain will determine what needs to be done. And then it sends signals and says, this is how you should respond. So if we understand what's on the outside, We understand what's on the inside, and then we work on the nervous system to enhance the function of that nervous system, which is what chiropractic is, which is remove interference from those nerves so that that communication happens properly. Now your body is able to process stress better. Once we have that, we go on to what we call the simple seven. Seven simple things you have to do to make sure you stay healthy
0: okay tell us about those you got it
1: so first like i said before the simple seven is having the nervous system checked and adjusted so it's proper then of the simple seven one of those is sunlight a lot of us are afraid of the sun because there's so much negative information about how the sunlight can cause cancer and i agree it can but again if you're not burning you don't allow damage to happen to your skin then you will not get cancer but sunlight is so efficient i mean it balances your mood it stabilizes serotonin levels but it helps your body produce vitamin d So how does vitamin D get produced? Well, your skin will take cholesterol and convert it to vitamin D when the sun hits your skin. Wow, how wonderful is that? So sometimes if we just have high cholesterol and low vitamin D, we spend 10 minutes a day in the sun. We're gonna balance it. Yeah, so sunlight is one of them. And and, uh, another one would be uh, visualization. You know, we, we visualize the worst things because we worry. Worry is negative visualization. Imagining the worst case scenario and then uh, imagining it's going to actually happen. What if we spent visualization thinking about good things? We talked about that earlier. Yes. Uh, visualize your favorite vacation.
0: You know, right, right.
1: Visualize yourself in the most uh, amazing circumstance for 30 seconds or 60 seconds and then go back and do your work. Uh, things change uh, there's been a lot of studies uh, in, in fact um, uh, there's been Olympic athletes Olympic figure skaters they spend more time visualizing their routine than actually doing it on ice because when they're visualizing it they don't fall when they don't fall they don't build patterns of muscle firing that makes them fall because once they fall uh, do you play any instruments musical instruments
0: oh yes I play piano guitar and a little bit else
1: <laughs> Perfect, per- wonderful. So, so you you may be able to uh, relate to this. Imagine you're learning a new piece on the piano, and you make a mistake. Uh, you know, uh, halfway through that piece, you have a higher tendency of repeating that one mistake every time you play that piece. Absolutely, yeah. Because you just created a a pattern, a neurologic pattern with that. That's why they say never play through. When you make a mistake, go back to the beginning. Uh-huh. And play again until you can play it through correctly. Now you're building the right pattern, and so when someone falls on the ice in as a figure skater, they they build that pattern. When you visualize it, you don't, you don't yeah. fall. So uh, that's that's,
0: yeah, that's, and, the, and like the analogy that somebody said—that's all the hype about meditation, how good it is. But really, worry is nothing else but meditation on things you don't want.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yes.
0: So it's uh, the coin again the the other side of the good side of meditation. That's right. Yeah, That's cool. Exactly right. Love it. Okay. So
1: you know another one is music. Yeah. Uh, we talked about playing the piano. I I you tell me how great do you feel when when you spend some time with your favorite music and playing it and listen to yourself play?
0: I love it, even though it's not very good, but I don't care. And I don't have to be perfect anymore. I learned that. And the same, I like to play guitar and sing with it. Oh, I'm not on TV with that. No, but I like it. I feel good. Absolutely.
1: You know, I had an aunt, uh, Aunt Simi, who was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, she, um, I, was, I was very little. I, uh, I was a little, little boy, and, and my parents said, Aunt Simi's coming over. And the doctor just said she's only going to live six weeks, and she's okay. going to die. So she came over and when she walked into our house, the first thing she did, she, she, went, she walked over to the stereo. This is years ago, this is 40 years ago. She walked to the stereo and she picked the cassette and put it in the player and pushed play and played this dance music, this loud yeah. dance music, and she started dancing. all right He chased my mom around the living room and grabbed her and said, "Dance with me!" And grabbed my dad and said, "Dance with me!" And then she chased me around the living room, made me dance, and we all danced for about three or four minutes yeah. until the song
0: ended. So music can be activating; it can also be calming. And I remember when I was a kid, I always listened to my father. He was an excellent piano player. He played in the evenings when we kids were in bed, and we listened to him play upstairs in bed and it was just lovely oh
1: yeah and and now if you hear a song from that time you go right back to that memory those memories come right to the front of your mind right. and you feel good right. you, miss your, you, you, you might miss that time or that moment or or the people but it's a good feeling you relive that we can do that well you know long story short my aunt see me uh, after the song ended. she said I'm going to play that song every day, once a day, and I'm going to dance to it. And she did that. And even though chemotherapy, she got weak and, and she couldn't stand by herself. Someone had to help her stand, but she would stand and try to dance to that song. She didn't die six weeks later or six months later. She lived another 10 years yeah. and she- that those were better 10 years because of that one song, because music has that power to bring into us just amazing feelings.
0: And there's another lesson in it. If somebody tells you, you're going to die die in six weeks, don't believe it. Nobody can tell you that nobody knows how long you're going to live. Even with cancer.
1: Exactly. So exactly. i don't like
0: it when when doctors say stuff like that i never did when i was a doctor working as a doctor and i i, I never liked that it's just not fair and just not right
1: well thank you for that i i wrote about a, a gentleman named herbert in my book who had pancreatic cancer and he was uh he, the doctors said you know this is terminal you're not going to live so he quit his job and went and traveled through southeast asia it, it was his dream he so he spent three months traveling through the uh places he wanted to see when he when he came back his cancer was in remission and he lived and he was my patient also for chiropractic 10 years later um, and he went through a few rounds of chemotherapy as well so he was under treatment for yeah. during, uh, 10 10 15 years or so but then one day he went back to the doctor they did another scan and they said the cancer has spread to every part of your body
0: uh-huh.
1: and you're gonna die any day now he looked fine when he walked in there when he came to see me the next day was the first time he looked like a cancer patient everything had changed he, he was slumped over he was depressed he i mean you could tell he's on his way out and exactly. within a few days he died just like what that doctor said but what if the doctor had never said that he literally had energy and strength and he looked a lot better before he went in for that last scan
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is sad. I mean, he could have told him, yes, the cancer in all times parts of your body. We don't know what that means. Right. And that's the truth.
1: Exactly. I had, a, I had another patient who had uh, testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. The testicular cancer spread to his spine. Two of his vertebrae collapsed. He had to have surgery to put rods in to stabilize his spine. Mm-hmm. But he was smiling the entire time. And today... He's fine and no one thought he would make it, but he just didn't believe them like you're saying.
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. What else is in the seven things about stress?
1: Well, you know, sleep is, is another one. Sleep is, is tremendously important. Uh, where that's where all the repair happens in the body is, is when we sleep and how we sleep is much more important than how long we sleep. You know, uh, there's so many things now that we've learned about sleep. For example, sleep is not a renewable resource. What that means is if you didn't get enough sleep last night, you never get that time back. You can't make up for it by sleeping extra the next night. there are these things called beta amyloids that build up in the brain that leads to alzheimer's that gets cleansed when we are in rem sleep when we have dream sleep dreaming is very very important now you're not supposed to remember your sleep but you're also supposed to sleep long enough and deep enough to do to to process those dreams so that your brain can be cleared so sleeping in the dark uh, don't have a nightlight. Don't look at the you know, your phone in the middle of the night when you go to the bathroom Don't let have a TV
0: ball. run all night.
1: Oh, please. Yes Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know melatonin gets released when your skin is in darkness yeah. So just like vitamin D gets released when you're when you're in sunlight, you have to be in dark. That's why you know, some people Think that you have to cover yourself because of heat. It's not heat When you put a sheet over your body, it blocks light and that's why you sleep better. So I have a sheet, like even if it's too warm to to put a big blanket on you, you need to cover yourself with a sheet and try to make the room as dark as possible. If you do make the room cold, though, you sleep better because cold temperature in the evening, cold and dark together, increase melatonin production.
0: Absolutely.
1: And then don't drink coffee within six hours of going to
0: bed. Some people can do it and it doesn't hurt them
1: well now i have a lot to say about that can we digress for a second sure so so you've, you 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 know this better than i do being a medical doctor and, 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 and that that the adrenal glands are critical to the health of the body and in fact sure. adrenal insufficiency is synonymous with immune deficiency so, mm-hmm. so the adrenals need to be strong now when i see now i, I agree some some people uh, genetically can drink coffee and be able to sleep Most people, though, if you can drink coffee and still go to bed, that means your adrenal glands are are depleted.
0: Yeah, yeah. that
1: means you've been under stress for a long time. That's a good point.
0: That's a good point. And I never drink coffee after two o'clock in the afternoon because I couldn't sleep.
1: Yeah, so so the the the, I want to break down stages of stress into just three three stages. Initially, when something happens that worries you or stresses you out your body needs some energy. So you're going to have sugar cravings. So, you know, be it your insulin balance and so on, sugar cravings are huge. So now when that stays for a few days to a few weeks, that's the person who, if they see a bowl of M&Ms or anything sugar, they can't just eat one. They'll eat the whole bowl and they go, I can't help it. I need the whole thing. If you stay in that state of stress longer, fight or flight, longer than a few weeks, A few months now your cravings change because your body requires triglycerides to sustain your energy levels sustain your immune system to create the hormones you need like cortisol and now your cravings change from just the sugar to fat and sugar now you need instead of the M&Ms you need ice cream and donuts those are, your, okay. those are your cravings. Yep. That's the second stage. So if, you're, you're, you know, if our audience are there, they're like, oh my gosh, I've been in under fight or flight way too long. The last thing is when the adrenal glands are totally depleted, you're not producing any adrenaline. So some of the symptoms of that are you stand up quickly and you get lightheaded. That's because your adrenals didn't release. Every time we stand, a little bit of adrenaline gets released and it sustains our blood pressure. If you can't do that, if blood pressure drops, you get lightheaded. Um, another one is drink coffee and you don't, you, 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 it doesn't wake you up. Another one is salt cravings. So now you, you, you're craving potato chips and pretzels. Okay. You still want the ice cream and the donuts, but you want to wash it down with potato chips and pretzels.
0: <laughs> and maybe so some salt- soda, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. Oh, yeah, so the salt cravings are a sign of that adrenal fatigue, so that would be okay. the last stage
0: the, many many people are in that state, and uh, I, I like the way you you notify us that. So, what else can people do uh,
1: breathing, breathing, so we 're on the fight or flight subject um, uh, Everything in the body is a cycle and a rhythm. you have your circadian rhythm, your heart rhythm, your breathing cycle, your hormonal cycles. Every your cerebral spinal fluid goes through a cycle as it flows around the brain. We're we're cycled, so um, breathing is one of the cycles we can actually uh, manipulate. And so, if someone is perfectly healthy, and uh, that means they're 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 in balance between fight or flight and rest and repair. Rest and repair is also known as parasympathetic. So your nervous system, the the automatic part of your nervous system, is divided into fight or flight and Rest and repair. Uh, all repair, regeneration, healing happens in this state. But when you're in fight or flight, healing doesn't happen. That's why people have chronic pain and they stay in fight or flight. Their bodies don't heal yeah. because it never goes into that rest and repair. Now, let me give you a scenario. Let's say you and I are talking right now, and all of a sudden, the walls where you're sitting start shaking and the ceiling starts to fall on you. You assume it's an earthquake, mm-hmm. we instantly go into fight or flight. Some of the things that happen are heart rate goes up, uh, pupils dilate. Blood will leave your face. You turn white. Uh, blood leaves your hands and feet. You have cold hands and cold feet. Your immune system will shut down. Your digestive system will shut down.
0: That's someone very important. Who,
1: because someone who is in a state of fight or flight long term and they have chronic sinus infection, it's because they're always stressed. Someone, how many people uh, do you see that complain about constipation?
0: Most people actually that are diagnosed or say labeled with IBS, all they have is a chronic state of anxiety, which is worrying too much, which is stressing themselves.
1: Exactly. So now when we're stressed, when the ceiling starts to fall on you, the first thing you're going to do is inhale. (gasps) It's a big inhale. Just like when someone gives someone bad news, you go, (gasps) inhale is sympathetic, fight or flight. Exhale. See, if someone said, oh, you know, Amir is just playing a joke on Christine and he made the ceiling fall but is not real, it, you're going to breathe a sigh of relief. Okay. Exhale is parasympathetic. Exhale it pushes you into rest and repair. Now, if someone who has no problems, if you measure the time of inhale compared to the time of exhale, it's a one to two ratio. Meaning if it takes you two seconds to inhale, it'll take you four seconds to exhale twice as long. Now, if you want to push your body into parasympathetic, into rest and repair, and reduce that anxiety, sometimes you can't turn off your mind. Sometimes you can't push away the bad thoughts, but you can breathe differently. So all I ask you to do is count to five when you breathe in and count to 10 when you exhale. That's it. Make sure your exhale is twice as long as your inhale. And when you do that, little by little, your body leaves that sympathetic state.
0: That's good, and I also think it's important to note that it's better to breathe in your belly and not just lift yes. your shoulders and chest. That's not really breathing. Exactly. You need deep belly breath to train your diaphragm, and you need that to prevent acid reflux and all the nasty stuff. It's not the acid, as you know, it's the valve and it's the diaphragm not working
1: exactly oh my gosh exactly i could talk for hours with you
0: i hate that we have to wrap that up (laughs) 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 no tell me if somebody wants to contact you do you just work where you are or are you working online or how do they get your book how's the best way
1: You know, I'm happy to help help people find the chiropractor, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously that there are certain things we cannot do online. But from a coaching standpoint, consulting, I'm happy to have a conversation just to see what might be going on. Our website is midatlanticclinic.com. Our Facebook is again, midatlanticclinic.com and uh you know and and the book is found on amazon and on the back of the book is is our phone number at the office so excellent um, and you can see the cover on on amazon with the phone number and everything
0: now just mention what city and in the mid-atlantic are you located in
1: yeah we are in frederick maryland
0: in maryland now everybody in maryland you know where to go (laughs) that's right (laughs) That's so wonderful. Now, it was a real big pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you Likewise. so much for sharing your wisdom and wealth of knowledge. It's a real pleasure to talk with somebody that shares the passion for helping people. Thank, Thank you, you so very
1: much. much. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you.
0: So that's it for today. And wait for the next release of Healthy Alternatives. Bye-bye and thanks.